you ever thought my life would be better if I could just fix this one thing? What is that one thing for you? Most of us think a life without any broken pieces is just not possible, but what if that's not true? What if we can have a life with peace, security, and confidence that things will work out? Well, in this video, we're gonna learn how. Hi, my name is Ariana and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. Welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. We're an online community of people who believe that even though life is hard, sometimes it's better when we follow Jesus' command to love everyone always. Because we believe that God made us not to only be loved by Him, but to share His love with others. And so we wanna help you with that, no matter who you are or even what you believe about God. Because no matter what you think about God, He can't stop thinking about you. And we believe the best thing you can do today is to take a step into a community where you can learn how to love everyone always. So throughout our message, you'll see a number on the screen. If at any point you feel like speaking to someone, go ahead and text that number. It'll go directly to our speaker and they'll get back to you as soon as they are able. Or if you're watching us on live stream, we'd love to hear from you right now in our chat. And if you've never communicated with us before, we'd really wanna hear from you. In fact, we are so serious about this that we wanna offer you a free $10 Grubhub gift card for just commenting for the very first time. All you need to do is leave a first time chat with the words, I love free food, and we'll send you a Grubhub gift card on us. And if you're not watching on a live stream right now, you can still participate. Just text the words, I love free food to the number on top of the screen. We'll make sure you get a free gift card as well. I hope this is something you'll do because we are so excited you're here and we cannot wait to hear from you. Now it's time to get started with our main idea, but we want you to keep chatting with our community. And as you do, let's watch this together. Where do you go when you don't know what to do? When you're facing a mess or a problem that seems like there's no easy answer, who do you turn to? Maybe you go to your mom for advice or a trusted friend. Maybe you go to Google or YouTube, or if you're young enough, TikTok for an answer. I don't know, but I wanna hear from you. If you're watching one of our live streams, post your answer in the chat right now. Or if you're watching this later, just direct message our page or text me at the number on screen. My name is Nathan, and I'd love to start a conversation today to move this from just being content you consume to a community that you can be committed to. And this is an easy way to start that conversation right now, and I hope you'll do that. Because since the beginning of the year, we've been talking about what you do when something's broken and not something with your body or something with your car. The messes we're trying to clean up can't be Stanley steamered away. We've been asking, where do you go when your heart is broken? And this isn't something for a heart surgeon. You need a soul surgeon. Are there, my life is a broken steaming pile of garbage right now, relationally, emotionally, financially, and totally doctors out there? If so, put them in the chat because we all could use them after a year like 2020, right? Well, since you've showed up at an online church, I don't think you probably see it as a stretch for me to say, I believe Jesus offers the answer we're all looking for. In fact, it was Jesus who said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, it's the sick. He said, I haven't come for the people who think they have all life figured out and everything's going their way. I've come for those who admit 
I don't know what I'm doing and I need help. And so if that's you today, even if you're not sure you believe all that we do, can I say, you're in the right place. You're among your people. Because everyone here at Community Christian Anywhere is a mess. We don't have life all figured out, but we really do believe that Jesus is bringing all the broken, messy pieces of our lives into a whole and peaceful life. So welcome, I'm Nathan and I'm a mess. Why don't you introduce yourself to our chat right now in the same way, I'm blank and I'm a mess. Because we can't get better until we admit the mess is real. And what we've been learning together the past few weeks around here is that what Jesus is wanting to do for all of us is exactly what I said. He wants to bring wholeness to our lives. In fact, when he was asked about what the most important thing in life was, he answered by quoting this part of the ancient Hebrew scriptures that all Jewish men of his time would have prayed every morning. He said, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, this phrase, the Lord is one, is referring to the fact that God is whole. He is complete. He's not missing anything or lacking anything. He's not fragmented or scattered, so basically the opposite of us, right? I'm a whole mixed bag of scattered thoughts and emotions and desires. I want things that are bad for me. I do things that hurt myself and hurt people I love. And I'm not present in the moment because I'm burdened by worries for the future or resentments from the past. I'm fragmented, scattered. I think we all are. And we all have this deep longing in our souls where we know we're missing something. We're hungry and we're searching for something that it feels like we can't find in this life. And Jesus is inviting us into a life where we can be whole and complete, not lacking anything. Here's how. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. How do you be whole and complete? You take all of your energy, all of your thoughts and desires, and you devote them, you focus them, you center them on God. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how to take your heart, which we often think of as being the center of your emotions, but here Jesus is referring to your will, your desires, or as we put it, your wanter. It's the center of your passions and your desires. You focus your desires and your passions on what God wants. And in so doing, your wanter will move towards the wholeness that God has. And last week, we talked about how your soul is the center of your emotions and your feelings. It's your feeler. That often our feelings are all over the place and how they often control and dominate how we make decisions and these feelings are not good deciding factors. So we said instead, surrender your feelings to God. Allow your feelings not to be your guides, but instead be signals that help you figure out what's going on inside you. Jason did a great job explaining that last week, and you can find that sermon on our YouTube channel or Facebook page, so I would encourage you to do that. But today, we're talking about the last two things here mind and strength. Your mind is your thinker. It's where we interpret the world around us. It's how we decide what to do. It's our worldview and our beliefs about things. And our strength 
It's our doer. It's the energy we have to get things done. Once we've decided what to do, our strength is the actions we take and the habits we have in place that form our character. And character is what you do without having to think about it. You do something enough times and it just becomes instinct, which can be good and can be bad based on the habit. And so what Jesus is saying here is that we need to love God with what's going on up here and what we do out here. To live a whole and complete life, it means we focus all of our wants and desires, all of our emotions, all of our thoughts and our beliefs and all of our energy and actions solely on God and what He wants. But here's the problem we'll be addressing today. We don't always want what God wants. That's why we don't always do what God wants us to do. I don't think that God wants for me is really, well, it's really what's best for me. I think I can get all the things God promises me, wholeness, peace, joy, purpose, without having to do life the way God tells me to, which is ultimately a mind problem. I don't trust that God's worldview, the way God sees the world, will actually lead me to a good and pleasing life. I mean, if I handle my finances, my sex life, my relationships like God says, then I might be missing out on something better. Or I have a strength problem. I don't think it's really possible for me to do what God wants me to do. Maybe God's way is best, but no one can really do it. And so we never experience the kind of wholeness God offers because we don't think it's worth the energy and effort. And to better help you understand what I'm talking about, I want to introduce you to two of my daughters. Let me introduce you to one of my daughters named uh, Moana. Moana is not a big fan of rules. Rules only exist to ruin all of my fun. You don't know it, but that's a killer impression. She thinks every rule is just about limiting freedom and fun. So frequently, my wife and I find ourselves saying, Moana, what's the rule? Moana, you can't do that. It's a strange feeling when you get to that place in life where your primary role as dad is just being that preacher from Footloose who's always trying to stop the kids from dancing. Well, one rule in our homes is to not climb on top of the composter in our backyard and jump into the slippery mud below if it's still wet. So stupid. I don't even want to live if I can't jump off the composter. Once again, spot on. Anyway, you can imagine how rational and self-analytical my daughter behaves when we have to remind her she's broken this rule. I swear one of these days I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. I hate it here. I hate it. I hate it. Glad I'm not the only one. But I've tried before to explain why this might be a rule, but some things have to be learned the hard way. So one day, Moana comes running into the house in tears. Daddy, I got mud all over my dress. It's ruined. And of course, I know what happened because... I told you so. Oh, I told you so. But I just respond, oh no, what happened? 
Well, I was outside playing and just wanting to follow all of your rules and play with my sisters nicely, and then I slipped in mud. How did that happen? Where was this mud? Never mind. That's what I thought. See, Moana, the rule seemed ridiculous and restrictive until breaking it ruined your dress. Now that's what I should have said, but what I did say was, Oh, I told you so. Now I have another daughter. We'll call her Captain Marvel. Now, Captain Marvel, Okay, I just wanna pause here and make sure everybody knows that these aren't my action figures, okay? They're my daughters. I'm not saying it's a stretch of the imagination to believe that I could own action figures. Maybe I do. But these aren't them, and I just wanna make that clear. Now, Captain Marvel doesn't mind following the rules in theory, but she believes every rule is impossible to follow. For example, if I say, Captain Marvel, can you go tell your sisters it's time for dinner? She responds, I can't do it, it's too hard. Or, Captain Marvel, can you stop flinging your oatmeal on the dining room floor? Oh, I can't do anything right. Or, Captain Marvel, would you carry your laundry upstairs? It's too heavy for me. I can't do it. Every instruction I give her sounds as if I've asked her to pilot the first manned mission to Mars. I just don't know how, Daddy. I just asked you to put your plate on the dinner table. So it's a tough look for Moana who wants to overthrow the totalitarian rule of her parents when she's got a sister like Captain Marvel who doesn't think she can even muster the energy to finish a bowl of cereal on her own. I can't do it. So maybe you guys could like pray for me or something. Now, we can laugh at school children, and we should, daily. But is that not also the story of your life? Are those two patterns not what have led to all the broken and scattered parts of your life again and again and again and again? I know what's best for me, and so I'm not gonna listen to the advice or the teachings or the laws of anyone. I'm gonna call the shots. And you did, again and again and again and again. And it did not lead you to freedom and joy. It led you to guilt and to broken relationships and memories you wish you could forget. If you're like most of us, it started when you were a teenager. I don't know what in particular it was for you, but maybe you thought God's worldview, or maybe you called it the Bible's commands, or your parents' rules, or the man's system. It was stupid, or maybe even oppressive to your life. You saw every rule as not only ridiculous or nonsensical, but it's what stood in between you and a free and fun life. And you wouldn't say this, but you had a worldview. True happiness, true freedom, is found in doing what I want, when I want, with whoever I want. And so anyone who tried to put a restriction on that freedom was putting a restriction on your happiness. And so you jumped off the composter, so to speak. But you didn't get mud on your dress. You got another DUI, or another divorce, or crippling debt, or a porn addiction, or a drug addiction, or another secret that you hide and no one knows about it, but you, and at night, when you're alone, it comes back. And see, this is why the Bible talks about the problem of sin 
and why we don't like to. For many of us, sin feels like one of those outdated religious ways of seeing the world, where there are categories of things that are bad and immoral, not because they hurt anyone or make anybody's life worse, but just because someone decided they were. It's as if God, or maybe you don't believe in God, so you just say religion or the Bible, but whoever came up with these rules, they just did it because they found these things to be obscene or too exciting for their delicate sensibilities. As if God was shocked or scared of your sin and can't handle anyone who isn't a good little girl or little boy who never breaks the rules. Or I've heard others say that God's commands are really about us learning to sacrifice like giving up sexual freedom or giving up indulging in my temper or cursing out someone who really deserves it, even though it feels really good and it's what you really want to do, you just need to give it up so God knows how much you love him and he can love you too. But this is such a warped view of sin and really of God. In fact, it's the first lie that human beings ever learned. On the first page of the Bible, God creates the world. And whether you believe it's a literal six days or through the process of evolution or some other method, followers of Jesus believe however he did it, God is the one who's behind the creation of everything. And when God created everything, he said it was good, it was beautiful. But then the second story of the Bible is about a deceiver coming into the world and saying to human beings, you know all this good and beautiful stuff God has given you? You can have that without him. In fact, didn't he give you a command to not eat from a certain tree? It's only because he knows that if you eat from that tree, you'll become just like him and you won't need him anymore. He's just trying to control you. He's trying to keep you from the best life possible, a life where you still get all this good and beautiful stuff, but you don't need him anymore. The first lie, the first broken worldview that humans ever believed was, I can have a good and pleasing life without God. But it was a lie. And when Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree, God commanded them not to, sin and death and brokenness entered into our world. And since then, every human being has lived out the same story and broken worldview again and again and again and again. We believe life with God is not truly pleasing and satisfying. It might be what's right and moral, but it's not fun or free. We believe a lie, and that lie leads us to death and brokenness. And that's because sin is wrong. And I want you to hear me say that again in a different way. Sin isn't wrong because it's immoral or it's not nice. Sin is wrong because it does not line up with reality. Sin is a lie. Sin, which is just anything that violates God's commands to love God and love people, these things do not deliver on what they promise you. They write checks they can't cash. Sin promises a life of satisfaction where you can indulge on every desire you've ever dreamed of. You can aggressively pursue your own personal goals no matter who gets hurt. You can live life to the limit without ever missing out and you'll feel fully alive and free. And at first you might get glimpses of that, but you never fully feel alive. You end up broken and dinged up with a trail of broken relationships and a guilty conscience and an anxious and fragmented mind. Or maybe that's not your story. Maybe you don't feel a lot of guilt or shame, but you don't feel much of anything. 
In fact, what led you to church online wasn't that your life fell apart, but that you got everything you ever dreamed of. And it wasn't enough. You got the job, you got the spouse, you got the house, you got the car, you got the respect and the money and the trophies, but it didn't feel like what you thought it was supposed to. So now you're wondering, is this it? Is this all there is to life? Moments of pleasure and happiness and fun, but they're all fleeting. You were promised the freedom of doing life however you want, the pursuit of finding yourself and your own happiness and dreams, but in the end, you just ended up with you. You aren't enough for you. What do you do with that? Well, since you're watching this, you did the right thing. You pursued the God who made you, who created you to live your life in unity with Him, heart, soul, mind, strength, submitted fully to Him. And so you need to submit your mind, the way you see the world and yourself, to God and say, I don't know what's best for me. I've tried again and again and again and again, and I've made a mess of me and everyone around me. I don't even interpret my feelings right most of the time, as Jason talked about last week on how to love God with our soul. And I think this last one is huge. I don't even really know what I want in my heart. Everything I think that's good and pleasing for my life turns out to be a lie. It never really leads me to the life I want. And so if I'm ever going to find a fix for my broken life, then I need to submit my mind to God. The way I do that is that I, I accept His version of reality, where gentleness, and kindness, integrity and purity, compassion and mercy, they're the things that will lead to a good, pleasing, satisfying, exciting life. You cannot have a whole and peaceful life apart from God. Jesus Himself said, apart from me, you can do nothing. It isn't possible to truly love God and love people without following His commands for your life. So I need to focus my energy, my strength, on following His commands that lead me to better love God and love people. I need to trust that what He tells me to do with my finances and my sexuality, my work life and my relationships will all make me better at loving God and loving people even if I can't see it. And I know that's a lot. So I want to give us some time to reflect on all you I want to invite you in the next few moments to reflect on how good and pleasing the life God offers to each of us truly is. To do that, we're going to read some words of scripture together. The words you see bold, read out loud with me. Let's do that now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Now use the moments of quiet to reflect on how good God has been to you and ask him to show you how good and pleasing his way of life is. Let's do that now. Let's continue to pray these words of scripture. Come my children and listen to me and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. 
Now use the moments of quiet to commit to God and follow His commands in every area of your life. Where do you currently not want to follow God's commands? Would you consider giving Him authority over that part of your life right now? If so, let's do that now. Let's finish by praying these words of scripture together. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Father, we ask you to bring your healing power to bring our lives to wholeness as we live heart, soul, mind, and strength, fully devoted to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. You can't get a good and pleasing life on your own. But that was just the first lie. Many of you may be dealing with the second lie that we all believe. Even if I do trust that God's way of life is pleasing and good, I can't do what He asks me to do. Maybe you think it's too hard to do everything God commands us to, or maybe you think you're not good enough or strong enough. We think, I know I should be honest and kind and patient, but no one can do that all the time. I mean, there are some times you have to just tell a few white lies or fudge the truth a little. You can't run a business only telling the truth. I know I should be kind and gentle, but all the time, when someone's trying to take advantage of me or they're pushing my buttons or they've hurt me one too many times, I'm gonna come out swinging because I don't have the kind of strength I need to stop that. Sexual purity? So you just mean don't ever have a Netflix or HBO subscription or just never go to the gym or out in public or just rip the Wi-Fi out my house? Better yet, just rip my eyes out? It's not possible. And see, this is where loving God with all your strength comes in. In your own strength, your own power, your own energy, following the commands of God seem like a hurdle that can't be overcome. But if you love God with your strength, you submit your strength to Him. And submitting your strength to God means to give it up to him, to get some of his. Remember my second daughter, Miss, I can't do it. Well, the other day I went to her room and told her she needed to clean up an enormous mess on her floor and come down for dinner. Well, she responded as you'd expect, but it's too much, I can't do it. And so I said, well, what if I pick up the first toy? eyes perked up. Then I can pick up the next one. And I smiled and said, and then how about I get the next one? And before you knew it, she had picked up nearly all the toys and I'd done about four. Because she just needed a little of my strength and my understanding and my patience. And then she could do it. I say to my children all the time, I wouldn't ask you to do it if you couldn't do it. I've never asked my six-year-old to back the car into the garage or for my little 37-pound four-year-old to bring me a 50-pound weight. I ask them to do what I know they can do, even if they don't think they can. And when they need it, I give them a little bit of my strength and power to get it done. And see, that's what the grace of God is. Grace is the power of God living in me to do for me and enable me to do 
what I can't do on my own. Grace is the power of God to stay calm with a screaming three-year-old in the middle of a store, or stay gentle when your teenage daughter tells you she's gonna hate you forever. It's the power of God to help you be honest or to have integrity, even when you think it may cost you something. Grace is the way out when you're tempted. The Apostle Paul wrote to an early church and told Christians to not fall victim to the lie that they can't do what God calls them to. He said, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation, the temptation to turn from God's way of doing things, to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. By His grace, God will give you all the strength and energy you need to do what He's called you to do. If you will run to Him, when you're in need. He is giving you a way out. He's giving you a way to bring all the pieces of your life into His perfect peace and wholeness. You just have to run to Him. And if you're watching this and right now you're believing the lie that you're too broken or have done too much to turn your life around, if you look at the broken pieces of your life and of your heart and your past and your marriage or your relationships and you think, it's too much. I can't do it, then you should know there's grace for you. The grace and power of God is waiting for you if you will just submit your life, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength to Him. If you will just admit, I need you. I've done this thing on my own for too long and it's not working. I need you to save me from the mess I've made. He's ready to. You've not done too much. You don't have too much baggage or scars or mess for the God of this universe to pick up your pieces and bring your life to peace. All he needs is to hear from you. So I wanna give you a moment right now. Just say those words to him. Just a moment, we're gonna play a song that puts these words to music. It's this beautiful reminder that we, all we need to fix the broken mess of our life is to run to our loving Heavenly Father. We simply fall into His grace and allow His strength to become ours. And this isn't something that we do once. We need His grace, His power every day. Just as we made a mess of our life again and again and again and again, we need His grace, His power, His strength again and again and again and again. There's a never-ending supply of it for us. So if you're a follower of Jesus today, we want to use this time to remember all God's done for you the moment when he made his grace available to you by laying his life down on the cross. The way we do that around here is by taking the emblems of bread and juice to remember the body and blood of Jesus given for us. And you can use whatever you have on hand, bread and juice or a cracker and water. Symbols don't matter as much as who you're remembering. And as you eat the bread and you drink the juice, celebrate what God has done for you and recommit to Him that you will submit, you will love Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, your, your worldview, with your strength. But if you're here today and you're not sure you believe all that we do, I would encourage you just to use this song as a time to reflect. Is it possible there's a God who wants to bring healing and wholeness to your life? Is it possible that no matter what you've done or what you think about God, that He can't stop thinking about you and that He wants to give you His power to change your life? If you're ready to turn your life, your, your mind, your heart, your strength over to God, during this next song, would you just pray these simple words? I need you. It's all it takes. Would you reach out to me through text and let me know you did that? 
Text the word decision to the number on screen. I'd love to help you figure out what your next step is in allowing God to bring the pieces of your life to his perfect peace. As we listen to the song, allow your heart to connect with the God who loves you through communion, singing, and if you're ready, reach out to me through text. I can't wait to hear from you. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go.
God's healing and wholeness are available to us, and all we have to do is choose them. When we choose to focus our mind on Him, we understand that His way is better. When we lean into the strength that He gives us, we can put His perfect ways into action. So how will you start this week submitting your mind and strength to God? If you're feeling a little lost on where to begin, send us a text at the number on the screen and let the speaker help you figure that out. Or ask in the chat for some ideas on getting started. We would also love for you to get more involved in our community so you can find a group of people to connect with who also will be working on the same thing. If you haven't already, visit us online at cccanywhere.com and check out all the ways we'd love to help you this week. There's even content created specifically for your children so they can also begin connecting with the God who loves them. You'll also find ways you can support our church financially if you feel led to do so. Not because we need your money, but because trusting God often means we need to give back some of what we've been given to care for others. But the best thing you can do is join our Facebook group so you can stay connected to what is happening in our community. While you're visiting us on cccanywhere.com, click on the card that says, join our Facebook group. That'll take you to our Community Christian Anywhere Facebook page. And then click the join group button to see what our community is up to throughout the week. I really hope you'll do that because I really hope that today is not your last interaction with us. In fact, we're gonna leave our chat open for about five minutes after this video ends. And I hope you'll take advantage of this opportunity to connect with others before you leave. I hope you have an amazing week and remember no matter what you think about God, we believe he cannot stop thinking about you.